1: How to win $500,000. That's what we're talking about this week on Stealing Bananas. I'm Ben Gretsch on Twitter at Yards Per Gretsch. With me as always is Sean Siegel and our guest this week, Davis Matic, who we can find on Twitter at Davis Maddock and over at Sports Grid and on his podcast, The Take Cast. And it's been an interesting draft. We started with two running backs out of the 12 slot in this Football Guys Championship tournament entry. And since we have not taken a single running back, so let's see how we close this out. If we decide that we want to take really any other running backs at all and what our final roster will look like. I want to hear your rugs take Sean. Uh, so your counter is, I mean, I I assume it's largely efficiency based and and there's talk that it could be used differently and thrown the ball underneath a little bit more. Um, but just, just, I guess, broadly, like there were some prospect red flags and things. What, what, what is your upside uh, case for him. Well, you try to look at the overall context, and you have a guy who was picked
2: as you know a top 15 pick. When the rest of his teammates from that group that Davis read earlier were also top 15 picks, he did have a season where he played pretty clearly ahead of Waddle. Although I think that Waddle perhaps had some mild injury issues in that season as well. I and mean, Waddle is someone who incredibly exciting, but in some ways, you know, very similar to Ruggs. So, but when you have these guys, you have the second season, I always try and bet on all of the players who had positive elements and the team really wanted them to be good going into year two, the guys like Jefferson and Liam and Higgins. I mean, those guys are slam dunks and they're probably going to be the following year, you know, possibilities for round one, but in order to to round that out, you got to take some of these guys who actually didn't play out. And so, you know, you look at something even as small, I mean, uh, Blair has a cool article on hand size and how it probably doesn't matter except at the edges. And Henry Ruggs has these massive hands, right? And so you you look at all of the little things that kind of point in his direction, and I think that the Raiders cannot come out of this season without proving that that wasn't a terrible pick. Now, that may not turn into a 1,000-yard season. It may just be like an 800-yard season with three touchdowns, which wouldn't do much for us, and that's not really going to work for a fantasy team that wins a half a million dollars. But I do think that there is a potential for him to emerge, and a little bit like with Hardman. Most of the things that the team says at this time of the year, you could ignore, but you would still prefer those guys who disappointed the previous To be
3: positive rather than negative. Exactly.
2: You don't want to be in the Denzel Mims, sort of Jalen Rager situation.
3: I don't don't want to be hearing puff pieces about Byron Pringle uh, coming out of Chiefs camp. I would prefer the puff pieces at least to be about Hardman. Byron Pringle's a really really interesting late late round pick in my opinion. by the way, and fact, Byron Pringle, Byron Pringle is is maybe my I don't it's Hammer Robinson, depending on the day, who is my most owned best ball wide receiver.
1: You're just taking Chiefs any chance you get, which is every
3: every eighteenth every 18th round pick. Gotta do it. Can't um, not eighteenth round anymore. Underdog's been ruined. I, I think we need to take a tight end here, probably.
1: Yeah, I think we're getting into that range. Um Comet is still on the board as it's starting to swing back to us we have both the new england tight ends on the board sean you've put uh hunter henry in the queue and and johnny smith's going 10 picks higher I, i'm curious your thoughts on henry vis-a-vis John.
2: well john is the more fun guy to watch the guy who i mean he looks like a.j brown out there sometimes it's hard to tell him apart and you think okay well if he just gets some targets then you know maybe he could do a.j brownish things at tight end but Henry is the guy who's actually been a little bit more successful NFL player. And if he ends up
1: being a little bit cheaper, then you know that also factors in for us. Um, and Gerald Everett goes. I, I'm not a fan of Adam Trotman. He had 16 targets last year. I agree. And everyone's very and, and Nick Vanette signed for 8 million with 3 million guaranteed over three years, which is not like he's a blocking tight end, but it's not a good sign for everyone assuming that Adam Trotman's gonna go from 16 targets last year to being the clear Saints. Tight end, which by the way, typically uh, other not than even that Cook, valuable role, yeah, not even that valuable of a role other than Jared Cook being very efficient in this Michael Thomas Alvin Kamara era, and especially if Taysom Hill's starting. I mean, there's just so many red flags there for me on the Trotman pro- profile where he goes. Um, Is there any other tight ends that stick out to you guys here?
3: I I like both Patriots tight ends because I I feel pretty strongly that one of them. Will be it's a very be good valley. fantasy tight end this year. Yeah. I just I don't really know which one. I think Jonu's more fun, but I agree. Henry's been more productive. Um, but if Ruggs is still here in five picks, I, <laughs> I feel like we're probably going to take it's, him.
1: It's interesting with Jonu. Like he's a, I think the better two way tight end, and yes, we know blocker. that that Belichick has sort of put some tight ends in sort of these blocking roles. He did it with uh, Dwayne Allen, who came over. He did it with uh, Martellus Bennett to a lesser degree, but a little bit. Uh, guys that like people thought would be sort of interesting, and I mean, Dwayne Allen was a big one. He actually was a pretty good receiver with the Colts, and then suddenly never ran routes with the with the Patriots. I don't think that's going to happen to John New, but if if there's risk there, it's it's probably more on John New than it is on Henry, who's more of the pass catching tight end solely. So John's ADP is at the end of the tenth. Comets
2: uh, is in the middle of the twelfth, and then Davis, you had mentioned Cook. That's the middle of the twelfth. Ertz is early in 13. Probably none of those guys will come back to us. I like Ertz as somebody who is going to get moved to a different team. Maybe it's the Buffalo Bills and he scores a ton of points. Uh, But really only if he falls below that. It's a tricky question here. We definitely need a tight end. It gets very dry in a hurry. Uh, I was going to say if Rondell Moore and Henry Ruggs are both here, I would feel a strong temptation to still go with both of them. But Rondell does
1: go off the board. Yeah, Rondell, one of my absolute favorite picks in this range. Oh
3: my gosh. Um, you just
1: give me Henry Ruggs, dude. You guys, you guys want rugs very bad, and that's fine with me. I would also be very comfortable. Uh it's fine with me at, at this price, certainly, and, and with both you guys being on him. Um I would also be very comfortable with the Komet Henry turn. I think that would be an interesting, you know, two tight end hit here.
3: I, I really like, I really like Cole Komet. Uh I, just the fact rookie tight ends who play just like so after that like that's just a good group to be in rookie tight ends who who are good enough to just be on the field and you know like it or not the bears were a you know a playoff contending team last year and komet was playing 100 percent of the snaps at the end of the season jimmy graham is closer to the glue factory than impacting his performance i think a <laughs> couple
1: tight ends go off john U and troutman both go off for three picks away we're we're kind
3: of kind of hoping a tight end run doesn't start here right we we have I mean we we have Henry we have we have Comet Blake Jarwin,
1: there goes Stafford. Sean, oh what are come you thinking?
3: On. You're you're very excited about rugs. I could
1: I, I would sense if I if I <laughs> if I could sense it. Well, I do think that he is
2: the perfect fit for this. The consolation is that if he does somehow go in these next two picks, which hopefully some other teams will think that they need to pivot from wide receiver, unlike oh. us who are hoping to continue to make those oh, picks. Come on. Uh, we're now in a situation where, worst
1: case, we're going to go yes. commit Henry at the turn, which I think is awesome. None of none of them went. So you guys can have your Henry Ruggs pick. The question is Hunter Henry
3: or Cole Komet. I feel like for this team, well, you know what, though? But the Patriots are going to be so run heavy to start the year. Maybe Komet actually is the safer pick.
2: I, you I, know I feel like Henry I mean? I think the Comet is the guy who is similar to Hawkinson and Fant, not quite to that level, but someone who will return sort of eighth or ninth round value, and then the previous year will be drafted, you know, in the fifth round. Will continue to move up. Now he could have a disastrous season. The quarterback situation there is still actually very sketchy, but.
4: 15.
1: I think, I think go, uh, go with him as well because Henry has the week 14 bye. I mean, just even as a tiebreaker, you know, we, we are talking about the, the divisional championship round that, that week. Exactly.
2: Perfect. We have, we have 45 seconds here. I don't necessarily want to stall out the rest of the drafters, but I did want to ask this question. We took, uh,
3: Herbert early, he was a good value. He has massive upside. I would, the, I would, I would go with Trey Lance here too. I, I'm totally cool with it. If you <laughs> want to do that,
2: <laughs> the range of outcomes uh, tool gives us Herbert as maybe one of the top three or four QBs. I so tra- you're on Trey Lance. I think that he's going to have a good season. I was going to mention where are you with Joe Burrow? I think he's going to outscore Herbert.
3: I I would I would be I would have. Caped for it had we taken Chase or Higgins, um, but I, I, I think too. I think that Burrow will not add as much with his legs this year. We like we expected him to scramble and add a little bit of that last year. I think they are gonna they are gonna keep him more shelled up this season as a result of the the rookie year ACL tear. That's a that's a that's a read, not necessarily something that's baked into the data. So
1: if I look back, sort
3: of at some things in our draft
1: that, you know, I I was saying a little earlier that, you know, maybe we could have went different ways. Um, The Herbert pick now to me sort of stands out when, when we could have had either Burrow or, or Lance at this 11, 12 turn or potentially taking both of them there. That's
3: that's always true in these drafts. I I have had this experience every year doing the main event every year doing football guys, players, championships is you, you, you feel like you get a good value with your, middle-ish round quarterback and then you're sitting there around 13 going i could have got trey lance i could have got justin fields i could have got x y and z and it's
1: interesting because that was the turn we were talking about logan thomas and tyler higby we decided not to go tight end there we wound up uh taking Cole comment here we basically have, have a 2v2 two, two of herbert and commit that could have been you know thomas or higby and either burrow or lance and, and so you know It's just a you know, one one of those things that's interesting to look at it because we're early in the offseason. I will say this. We started with two running backs. We've I think not gotten very lucky with our wide receiver targets. And at the same time, I, I believe that because we've been pretty smart structurally, that this team still is like live, right, to win the whole thing. It has a lot of upside receivers. If we really hit this great parlay of of the breakout seasons. This team could have a really fantastic wide receiver room. We we took eight shots at it, and and there's reasons to, to think that all of them have upside. Um, Komet is a very interesting tight end. Herbert could have that monster season. You talked about the range of outcomes tool, seeing him as potentially a, a top three quarterback. And if Barkley and Taylor are who they are, you, you know who they could be from a from a ceiling perspective. This team, like things have not gone the way that we expected, and yet I think this is a good um, probably lesson in in still trying to stay structurally sound enough that you're giving yourself a shot, right?
3: Yeah, I think, I think thinking through it, the 2v2 for me of Trey Lance Higby, and then taking someone to paper over the cracks for the first four weeks while Trey Lance figures out if he's going to start or not um, versus Justin Herbert, Cole Komet. I would, I, I would take the, the Trey Lance, Tyler Higby side.
2: One of the interesting things for me with this is that I I obviously we're very prepared for this draft, but I do think that we're also kind of forced into an odd pick there in that we just didn't have a consensus at all at where we wanted to go next. The picks that came off immediately ahead of us were DJ Chark, Debo Samuel, Devontae Smith, and those guys are above ADP. And so some of the guys that we really wanted, LaVisca Chenault went – Early in the seventh, he's got an eighth round ADP. Tyler Boyd went late in the sixth. He's got a late round ADP. So we were looking at wide receivers there, and we ended up taking Mike Williams as sort of a consolation pick. The next guy that I would have liked was Will Fuller. We didn't really get a chance to talk about him. And I actually like Cole Comet to outscore Tyler Higby. Now, that's a a statement that could end up being massively wrong, right? I mean, if Matthew Stafford comes into this offense and is what – he could be and it turns out that Higby's able to fight off Jacob Harris there which I think is actually not a done deal then not necessarily in terms of the traditional tight end but in terms of the tight end targets you know Higby could have actually a huge huge season but I don't mind having commit there I'm, I'm hopeful that the Bears can be fun right I mean I've always been an Andy Dalton fan obviously I don't think he's a good quarterback now I was a big believer in Justin Fields. It was a little bit of a concern that the NFL teams didn't really seem to like him. And even now, the Bears seem to want to play someone who is not a good quarterback ahead of him. But as we look at these quarterbacks falling, is Fields someone – I feel like Trey Lance is probably going to go in the interim. Is Fields someone we're looking at? Fields, I think, is really
1: interesting because we have – yes. uh, Um I, I will say about the, the NFL teams not liking him thing, my take on Fields has been that he fell for sort of dubious reasons – and it was very similar to me to Deshaun Watson's fall. And then he, his fall did stop with the team trading up and, and, and reportedly trying to aggre- and aggressively trading up and trying to trade into the back of the top 10. A lot of teams didn't, you know, didn't want to move out because they were willing to take guys that they thought were among the 10 best players in the entire draft. But his slide did fall before like pick 15. And I think that's sort of notable. It wasn't a guy who fell all the way to pick 25 or out of the first round. Um, And and it, it reminds me of the Watson situation, and even Mahomes to a lesser extent. Some people were just down on Mahomes, but they were in that same draft. They went, I think, like 10, 12, They went right around where Fields ended up going. But the fall was sort of for dubious reasons, and a team trading up for him, I think, is sort of optimistic. And then uh, the Watson point—you you you mentioned that they they want to start Andy Dalton over him. The Texans started Tom Savage over Deshaun Watson as a rookie, and then quickly changed course there. So. Uh, I think there's still, you know, precedent for being optimistic about fields. Can we talk about this team in the four slot who has now taken one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine running backs in twelve picks?
3: <laughs> he's just scooping up. He's just a value-based rafter, Ben. He's just scooping up the back. Va- and I don't know why you. I don't know why you would mock someone who just is is just value-based drafting, buddy. That is. Uh... It's nine nine running backs in twelve picks. They
1: got three receivers and um, a lot of robustness
5: going on there. Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast, just stopping by to say thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
3: Fields potentially making it back, Sean. I think that would be a uh, kind of – I I, I mean, hey, don't – cross your fingers. Trey Lance is still on the board here as well, as is Hunter Henry, as is Zach Ertz, as is Jared Cook.
1: Yeah, there's some really, really interesting picks here. We are about eight or nine picks away. One of the things I really like at this point is that we did get our eight wide
2: receivers, and I just – in terms of pointing out where things really do fall off the – the cliff, I always talk a lot about how wide receiver isn't as deep as people think it is. And especially if teams draft correctly, as a lot of teams have done in this draft, then you run into the issue that we've run into over and over where we didn't have the guys we wanted. We still got guys who are pretty good. I think it's done now. I think until, I mean, I have my sort of trademarked, although it sounds like Peter Overset is also fighting me for it. But the KJ Hamler last round pick, I don't have any other wide receivers that I like left. And that also kind of gives us some flexibility now to attack some other positions. Although, obviously, if if you guys have a, a receiver here that we need to take, I'm, I'm definitely okay with that as well.
3: No, nope. Terrace Marshall is the only one that I would be like stoked on. Obviously, like him a, a little bit less when you already have DJ Moore. Not that it yeah. not that it really matters
1: it matters um, to me. I mean the, the Moore pick was a, a bet on him being top 5. And if he's top 5, Robbie Anderson still going to be good and we're basically betting on a third right receiver the, the Curtis Samuel hole being filled
3: by DJ Moore. Being filled ceiling. by DJ Moore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's a that that was my immediate thought on Marshall. I like Marshall too, but I don't I I don't know that a bet on Moore is a bet on the Panthers offense. You know, you you can do sort of soft stacks where you don't have the the quarterback and you're betting on the team being good, but you don't have to make I bet on the Panthers offense when you take more, you're betting on them being concentrated, which they have been the last few years. I mean, no McCaffrey's obviously going to be a massive part of the offense too. And that running back team just took another one. So
3: they must be auto picking, right? I did I did see, by the way, the team that took Mark Andrews before us was an auto picker. He said he typed in the chat and he was reading a book to his kid and and auto picked Mark Andrews. So a little bit of a bummer that, that his kid couldn't wait five minutes. That has an asterisk next to it for auto pick.
1: None of these running back picks do. <laughs> <I'm>...
3: <laughs> these are real picks that are happening. Oh man! So if if Trey Lance and Hunter Henry are still both here when we are about to pick, we are we agreed on taking them? Yes, I am.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think. Did you see?
3: Actually. Did you see that Ramondre Stevenson is on the non-football injury list? I did not. James White. I've been I've been arguing every day with Eric Bime for, for the last month about James White, and James White is about to get fed. That Justin Fields goes. Yeah. We have three picks now, where we're waiting on Henry and Lance.
1: I don't think we're gonna get Lance. Don't this is the Rodgers team. You got to think they're they're potentially yeah. gonna go QB. There's another team that only has Tannehill that might go QB again. It would just be a kind
3: of a shock to me if he went that far down. This is really the part of the draft where getting sniped even like hurts the most too, because you're like you could pick anyone. There are a hundred players you could be thinking about taking here. Like, please, please don't with the hundred forty seventh pick of the draft. Please don't take the guy we want. And Terrence Marshall just went, Sean. What are you thinking about over there?
1: You you look like you're deep in thought. What what regrets are you pondering right now? Well, I have no regrets. I love this team. I think that you know, not
2: in context. I think that Herbert, you know, like the rest of us, that maybe that was not the way to go. But in context, I think that was a great pick, and you know, he's got the massive upside. So Hunter Henry does go there. The thing I was noticing is that we finally did get the running back run. Right? This has been an incredibly
3: wide receiver heavy draft, but let's see here. Three oh my and... gosh, we just got double snipe. That was so brutal. Oh man. So, so I, I like Jared Cook here, especially because we have Herbert.
2: So we have the op- opportunity to go with both of the, the veteran tight ends and don't hate that. start to, to pick. I mean, with this team, again, win the half a million dollars, the rest of our team looks fantastic. I like having the option to pick tight ends. I don't mind James White here, although there's at least a slight chance that he would fall. There are some other you know really late running back options that aren't too bad. We have lost a lot of running backs in the last round, so I,
3: I actually really like James White, but that is, you know, that is that's it's kind of a meme at this point. But I, I think the the eight veteran tight end James White turn here is pretty good. I,
1: I I think I like the two two veteran tight end move. I, I think we're James White's a, a fine pick here too, but that would be my thought. Who do we go with first? We went with Cook. I really like the Ertz argument. I mean, he like. There's a guy who's actually shown target do- dominant ceiling and in tight end premium. Like he, he's one of only maybe seven tight ends, five that I feel like can catch ninety balls. And I, I think he's like he, literally two years ago caught, I think ninety balls over a three years ago. Like last year was the only bad year. Might maybe he's dust. Maybe it was just one bad year. He was hurt. Who knows?
2: And and I don't think there's that much of a question that Ertz is a better player than Jerry Cook.
3: Maybe not now, but he's really good at catching the ball and falling down immediately. Like maybe the best since Brandon Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good throwback. Uh, I Ertz or White, I don't care. Sean. Well, the, you, the, you're, the other fun you're the thing man. is
2: that if we go Ertz here, we still do maintain the possibility
3: that we have just a two running back draft. And especially since <laughs> And we really need to maintain that for our social media clout, yeah. which you don't care about because <laughs> you don't have a Twitter Sean.
2: Yeah, we do have the – if if Saquon is not able to play, we do have two preseason free agency periods that we can address that. I think there were some fun guys late. I think there's a possibility that James White could come back around. Although, again, we're going to continue to see the running back run with this draft having been so running back heavy. In a way, it's unfortunate that Team 4 has taken 10 running backs when without that, you know, the running back value at this point would be, would be even better. Yeah.
1: I mean, (laughs) they took 10 running backs and 13 picks. I'm sorry. If
3: you're listening, I, I'm not Uh, sorry. Darrington Evans in the 12th. Like Xavier Jones just went. That's really interesting because I'm starting to get on Xavier Jones. Um, the every, every day that the, that the Rams haven't traded for Melvin Gordon, I'm like more in on Xavier Jones.
1: It's been like two days. <laughs>
3: when did, did it get hurt? It's been two days. <laughs>
1: Three They're probably days, still...
3: four days? You see what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> I mean, at, at a certain point, one of these other Rams running backs is going to be a value. I absolutely agree. But they apparently have given some indication that they might be waiting for the late cuts. We might get the, you know, I always think of Carlos Hyde. I feel like he's been a late oh, cut. Oh, God. Demanded on other please rosters.
3: not. Please. N- no.
1: I mean, not Hyde Bob again, Kendall probably, but, it, but the Hyde-type player. I think is oh. probably stuck in, in Jacksonville.
3: When the, the, Hyde was cut by the Chiefs, I mean, that was the end. They had nobody, and they cut him. And then he had a 1,000-yard season, and he saved all the donkeys who were taking him. Do you remember this? People were taking him in fantasy football drafts for real money, Sean, and then he had a 1,000-yard season for a different team. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like he, he never scored enough points to have been a weekly
3: starter one of those 16 weeks. Not not in not in this, but in best ball. People were using his scores. And uh, that was the year Dame, that was the year Damian Williams was a second round pick. And he should have like he was I can't even talk about it without getting mad. It's so annoying. The ceiling was there, Davis. I'm with you.
1: The ceiling was he,
3: there. He scored six touchdowns in the playoffs. I was yeah. right.
1: <laughs> I was taking him, man. I took him in some leagues. If you're going to take an early running back pick, he's got to be able to score six touchdowns in in three games or whatever, whatever it was.
2: Okay. So we're getting to the happy portion of the draft where we do get at least to mention defenses and kickers. We're also in a situation where now that we didn't get those QBs that we wanted, uh, we have to decide. Again, we can go with a one QB draft here. That's not a problem. Davis, do you have some other QBs that you think have enough upside to bother with drafting as
3: opposed to waiting for free agency? Daniel Jones or Tua, both of them basically same basic concepts, uh, unproven as passers. Daniel Jones actually proven as a rusher at the NFL level. Like I, I would say he's even an above average rushing quarterback. And then Tua didn't really run last year. I think he, he ran a little bit in one game, the game against Arizona. I think he had a good rushing game. But because he was coming back from the hip injury, they didn't really have any design run stuff for him. Davis, did I hear you've been standing for uh, Taysom Hill a little bit? So I, of course, started out the offseason really liking Jameis. And then I just kind of thought about it some more. And I'm like, okay, if one of these two guys was going to play 100% of the snaps, who would have the better ceiling? And it would be Taysom because if Taysom played 100% of the snaps for 17 games, he'd probably – run like a Cam Newton-esque amount of times, probably 800 rushing yards, but like eight or nine rushing touchdowns. I just did their projections and and came to sort of the same
1: conclusion. I looked at his four starts last year, and he wasn't bad. Remember when, like, the week in DFS, we all played him at at tight end on FanDuel? and He had like 27 points or whatever. And then the whole thing was he can't throw passing touchdowns because he didn't his first few starts. And then I think his last start, he threw – for like 250 yards and two TDs on top of some rushing and he had just a massive ceiling. I mean, he had a couple really good games in that stretch. Uh, the rushing is just, you know, he he's more like when Rich Rebar was originally writing about the Konami code, he was talking about Tim Tebow and Terrell Pryor. He's more like those guys where, you know, the Russian is going to be a huge part of it. And you just hope there's some passing. He's not like the the elite dual threat quarterbacks that we have, but there's,
3: I think upside there. If he actually plays quite a bit. I mean, I don't even know if I would take him in a 12-team league with 20 rounds, but hes I I guess he's the same category of guys to uh, Daniel Jones.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I would take him in this draft either. I just thought that I wanted to get your take on it, and I I, 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 I tend to agree with everything you said on it.
2: I feel much more comfortable taking him than taking Winston just for our karma reasons as well in terms of winning the, the half a million dollars. So, as we a good, very good point, a very good point, an I, I underrated good point right there. As we get to the end and are at the 14 15 turn now, some of the names who come off the board kind of understand the Rams defense, which I think anybody who takes the first defense is going to be mocked. I think taking the Rams defense actually is a, a pretty good pick. He actually probably the Rams defense probably would be my next choice after the guys we were talking about at the last round with Ertz and James White. The Rams defense probably would have been next for me. White does come off the board. P. Ryan off the board. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Kind of interesting if we had wanted another deep wide receiver off the board. Ahmed off the board. An interesting depth. Running back. So now that we have about a round to prepare. like I like, I like the bro? mentor
3: here.
1: I kind of do too. So 11 picks for the guy in pick four. I think he's just really upset that a lot of teams went zero RB and went receiver heavy and felt like there wasn't a receiver value, sort of something we felt and decided he was going to protest this draft and just draft only running backs. Is that what you guys are seeing? Because that's what I'm seeing. This, This guy is literally just trying to prove a point at this point. He has 11 running back picks. He's taken one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine running backs in a row from
3: round six to round 14. Sometimes sometimes you just got to own the libs to prove a point, Ben. <laughs> oh, he took a tight end. He broke the streak. Anthony Ferkser in round 15. What? A, honestly, what value on Ferkser round 15? I mean,
1: hes is he just not going to manage his team, or is he going to cut some of these guys? Are we going to be picking up Darrington Evans in the second week? I mean, he's going to have to feel the lineup. Like, this is sort of interesting.
2: Okay, so I, we're four picks away now. I do want to get a little bit of a feel for where you guys are with place kicker and defense.
3: Is it something? I would I would like to take Harrison Butker. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board with it. I have no yeah, it, I, I really like taking a good kicker in FFPC league. It used to be that people took
1: Ds and kickers in the 8th and 10th round, and that was a mistake. Now everyone waits. We're in the, in the 15th, and the reality is the targets that we're looking at here, some of them maybe are very slightly better options, but the, the reality is things are very flat at every position, and the fact that we could get potentially a top three defense, there's only one off the board, and maybe the number one kicker <laughs> – like without sacrificing really anything. The opportunity cost is nothing. I agree. Just to give listeners a, a sense of the running
2: backs that we're looking at here, the guys that I currently have in the queue, Joshua Kelly, Jarek McKinnon, Wayne Gallman, Anthony McFarland. Ben and I discussed on the previous episode, you know, Benjamin and Justice Hill. So I felt like I needed to put him in the queue for that <laughs> reason Davis, where are we with Jarrett McKinnon? Can he be the guy
3: if something very unfortunately happens to Ed- Edwards Alaire? You know I want it to be McKinnon, Sean. You know I wish it was. But this man was was on the injured reserve last year for dead legs. He was the they they said he had dead legs. So you, you feel like it's not a great sign to <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can't even finish it. <laughs> it's, no, no, it's not a great sign. No,
3: that's not. That's,
1: that was a really, really good, concise argument. That was the
2: best I've okay. ever
3: heard. On in fact, in fact, I actually think it's bullish for Clyde Edwards hilaire that the dusty vet they added this year, after adding Le'Veon Bell and Lashawn McCoy in consecutive seasons, was Jarek McKinnon, who literally poses no threat to him at all. <laughs> that's. I mean, you couldn't have said that better. And, they like Daryl Williams, and no one ever wants to believe that Darryl they're Williams play is Darryl the straight Williams. up handcuff in Kansas City. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way.
1: I took Daryl Williams in, in a couple drafts already that I care about. Okay, so we are going to go with Harrison Butker
2: at the fifteen twelve. Wow, I love that so much. Do we have a defense
3: that we want at the sixteen oh one? I haven't looked at the schedule at all yet. So I don't. I'm. I guarantee there's a good streamer for the first three weeks, but I, think, I just I just haven't looked.
1: I think Tampa maybe. Um, we, we know they have a lot of talent, and we know they're going to lead, and Sean, I know you're a big fan of that. And they're they're going to probably play fast too. They run a lot of plays. They're going to score points, and they're going to force teams to throw, and that can generate some turnovers, right?
2: It definitely can. I like to target the shootout defenses, and then if you have a defense that's, that's decent on top of that, that is an added benefit. The Ravens are going to be a shootout de- uh, team through their running game. They have the Raiders in, in week one. The Buccaneers start with the Cowboys, the Falcons, the Rams, the Patriots. Don't, don't want
1: that. No, I don't like that. I don't like that. I clicked Washington on my side. Washington could be a shootout defense as well. I mean, and they have a really good unit. that They probably would have been a fine pick too. But I, I uh, like your take on, on, on the early schedule.
2: And, you know, it, it is an issue that Derek Carr actually avoids sacks and turnovers, which isn't great. But I think that that Ravens team has the potential to put up some massive defensive scores this season. And we get ahead of it here and are able to then focus on not feeling any guilt at all about our late round picks.
1: Yeah, and drafting, you know, still pretty pretty early. Um more or less, like, there's a couple waiver runs before week one, and I almost don't mind thinking through it as if we're building in some potential drops. You know what I mean? Like, take some home run swings. Um, but in all likelihood, we're going to want to pick some players up. There's not a lot of guys we've taken to this point that look like players that will want to cut. Uh, so, again, another reason that you can take a, a place kicker on a defense that you're comfortable with, that you're going to play, that they're going to be on your roster, and then you know you'd still like to hit on those late picks, and you very well might. But um, there's the freedom of knowing that y- you might just cut them, right?
3: And if you the 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 thing that I like about um, uh, the thing that I like about spending up a little bit on kicker and spending up a little bit on defense is you feel like you're like oh this is donkey to do this. I could be taking KJ Hamler or whatever. It actually saves you a bunch of fab money over the course of the year because we are not cutting Harrison Bucker unless he gets hurt. Like there there will not be a matchup. There won't be a time we're like, "Oh, I don't know if we can go with Bucker." Like he will end the year as like the number 3 scoring fantasy kicker at worst, um, which I really enjoy. And one of the
2: very minimally important but tiny things that I checked before the draft that that do possibly play in a little bit to what we just did. Bucker has a week 12 bye, so you're not going to have to spend anything to get someone before that, even the, you know, six, seven, eight is a little bit less ideal. And none of the other, none of the excellent defenses had a home run opponent in week one. Now that's maybe an argument for having waited a little bit on defense, but there wasn't necessarily a a clear cut, better defensive pick. As we go to this next group here. So Davis is pretty convincingly and very humorously eliminated McKinnon from our legitimate Options. Do you have a, a running back from this group? What's your take on Joshua Kelly, who the Chargers really wanted to be the they guy. Really
3: wanted him that. to be the guy, and he really played bad. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that I think that honestly I believe that Justin Jackson, Josh Kelly, and Larry Roundtree are kind of all equally likely to be the the bruiser guy, and I feel like I really wish I had some conviction on which one. Because I, I actually was going back and looking at Austin Eckler stuff today. They truly have never given Austin Eckler the ball inside the goal line. He has never gotten touches inside the five as a rusher. Um, as, as a receiver, they've given him some stuff. But but I, I think you can lock in a second running back on the Chargers having 150 carries and at least five touchdowns. I just I just don't know which one it is.
1: And so I agree with that. And I think it- – there's so much potential value in targeting an ambiguous backfield or, or an ambiguous backup situation where we know the running backs going to have value. And for the record, we have Herbert Williams. If something were to happen to Eckler, suddenly we have this sort of chargers onslaught on a team that maybe passes more and gets a little more interesting. What about drafting two of them, our favorite two and sort of locking in a drop from that, that two between now and the beginning of the season, where I was just saying, we don't really probably want to drop any of the other guys on our roster. Uh, we probably will want to make some type of pickup. And it, the only reason these guys go this late is because, like typically I don't want to take two running backs from the same backfield, but the only reason these guys go this late is because we don't know. We, we lean into that uncertainty. We know we're going to cut one, and we know that we're probably going to have more information between now and the start of the season. What if we were to, to take two of them?
3: I, I actually legitimately think it's a good strategy. My question would be how, how we actually,
2: I guess I have Kelly a ways above those guys because I think that he's sort of a, a lower end version of betting on the second year player who is in a pretty good situation and the team wants to, to prove a little something with. Uh, now, again, he was very bad, but it's, it's Justin Jackson who should be the guy. And yet it sounds like he's going to be cut. Right. So then you're down to Roundtree who, you know, wasn't a great college player. And so I I don't know that we have great options other than Kelly, but definitely having some exposure to that. I mean, Austin Eckler is one of my favorite NFL players. He should be a late second round pick. Right. And so there are going to be some other points scored in in that Chargers backfield. A couple other names that we have out here, Wayne Gallman is interesting to me because even with where Mostert and Trey Sermon are, I think that Wayne Gallman is, was actually very solid last year when he played. I think he fits what they want to do with Jeff Wilson not there. I and mean, they've said some things. The buzz on Sermon is fantastic, but they've also said some things where I think Gallman could be a big influence early on. If either Mostert or Sermon were to go down between now and the first free agency period, Gallman gets to be very expensive. The same thing I think is true of Anthony McFarland. Uh, Justice Hill, you know
1: Benjamin probably a little bit later. I really like the idea of Kelly. <clears throat> Kelly. I, I agree on Gallman. They, they've used three backs plenty of times. They brought him in. He's Jeff Wilson went down. He, he shouldn't be going this late. This is a team that, that can create running back Points like nobody's business. And we're not sure who's really gonna lead. Like there's a reason Mostert and and uh Trey Sermon go in, in sort of the middle rounds anyway. Um Gallman could have a bigger role right away from week one than people realize. Um
3: what, Wayne Gallman I, could get the
1: first carry from the 49 It would one. not be that surprising. <laughs> he really could. Uh so yeah, and I agree with you on, on Kelly. I think that's a smart uh, you know, just to, to zero on, in on him. I liked your your point about him being a second year guy and um, someone they still have something to, to sort of prove something with with that draft pick. Uh, I, I think a Gallman Kelly turn here would be a smashed as our third and fourth running backs. They could both play like really legitimate week one roles and still have contingent value on top of that. Like this is <laughs> this is sort of why you don't have to draft running backs that you could get guys like this this
3: late. As Peter Overzet famously said, you know, you, every t- you get deeper in the draft, and have the best pick is always a running back.
2: And hopefully, we'll get to the point in the final round where the best picks are Justice Hill and Eno Benjamin.
3: But yes. Sorry, Davis, you I, were going to tell I can't, I can't quit right? either one of those guys. I like Justice Hill and Eno Benjamin in FFPC leagues. This team is still going to have a good running back core. Our, our backup running backs are going to be better than the guy that drafted 15. So I just got a message from a guy who's in this draft with us. Uh, I, don't, I, don't know which, I don't know which team. I think he's the team that started with Diggs and Adams, uh, Team Team 10 or Team 11, Travis. Um, and he messaged me that he. this guy who took all the running backs does this in all the FFPC drafts he does, that this is like his strategy.
1: Well, now I feel bad. I thought it was uh... – you know, protesting in, in a in a way. <laughs> but no, wasn't... he
3: saw he saw us zero RB donkeys were in it, and he said he said, "Giddy up, <laughs> can't I'm, wait." I'm gonna get so much running back depth; they're not even gonna know what hit them.
1: We go in Gallman here. Make that selection. We did do
2: Kelly Gallman at the turn. We have ruined our two running back roster, but that's a those are fun picks in that range Uh, thoughts on what we want what we need for the final pick we still have one quarterback I think that probably works but some of the guys that we mentioned Daniel Jones is
1: still there Taysom is still there and probably won't get drafted unless we draft him can I can I just uh point out that Joshua Kelly was a very nice RB 69 and we had a gap between picking the the seventh and eighth running backs in this draft and the 69th and 70th a gap of 61 running back selections that might've been a record that might be our fun note on this, on this
3: draft. I mean, look, we, we, we knew if we started running back, running back, we were going to have to do some interesting things structurally. Uh, I I think it's amazing that that was the start that we did because it kept me from having to be the running back guy. I didn't have to mention Daryl Henderson Sean actually mentioned Javonte Williams before I brought up any other running back. Didn't have to bring up ETN or, or anybody.
2: So ETN went at the 501, which I think is a great value on him. It's interesting to look at what some of the other teams have done at this point that are a little bit different. I think that the teams that are wide receiver heavy have this draft pretty well locked up from a probability perspective. but. The one hole is kind of a crazy fun team in that he had the guts to go with Dalvin Cook over Christian McCaffrey, does get Clyde Edwards alaire, gets the greatest of all time rookie in Kyle Pitts, takes Josh Jacobs, who is not a great NFL player but is a fantastic value at the 412, then gets ETN. So he starts with four running backs and one tight end. Then he gets a, a, a few other interesting players. I guess when I go running back heavy, and, and my version of this what we did here, but I tend to go for the upside guys. What are your thoughts on, so Juju Smith-Schuster, a good pick, I think. Michael Pittman, hard to see a lot of volume splitting out in a positive way for the Colts receivers, although he is one of those second-year guys. A lot of people would say he's a better second-year bet than Henry Ruggs, although the price was very different. What about Russell Gage and Jacoby Myers for teams that are running back heavy? Is, Is that the
3: way that you play it if you are in a running back heavy start? Who's who is drafting Russell Gage? I've yet to I've yet to I've yet to log on to Twitter or Rotoviz or listen to a fantasy football podcast and someone's like, listen, Russell Gage, he was productive at college, he plays in this like I just I've not even heard anyone make the case. And I'm sure, you know, there's some article out there making the case. But it's like it's just
1: projected targets. People are like, yeah, there's targets. Yeah, but he's, he's a targets.
3: He's very average, and and if Kyle Pitts is this player that we all think he is, he's going to out-earn him by a lot, and I think Olamide Zacchaeus is better.
1: Yeah, I think he is too, and he certainly has more upside. We've seen from Gage that he's going to probably have a yards per target in the sixes. He's not going to actually dominate targets. He's going to get enough. You're probably going to get a lot of four-catch, 50-yard games. You can find that on the waiver wire. That's where wide receiver is deep. You don't draft Russell Gage. That's no to to Sean to your question no you draft an upside receiver uh, that you have to take in, in in the draft somebody who has a ceiling um, you know he took him before Rashad Bateman he took him before Rondell Moore those were the next two running uh, receivers absolutely not absolutely terrible pick I'm sorry I Russell Gage shouldn't should not go anywhere close to where he goes He's Russell one of Gage should
3: go like Russell Gage should go like 150th it's 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 just absurd. Like I don't know. So most ADPs are efficient. The market is generally good, but then sometimes you're like this AD. Like you know Josh Jacobs going for a while, he was going like forty second or whatever, and it's just like uh, Kenyon Drake might get more does, touches does than anybody. Like, what are we doing?
1: Uh, like I don't even think Russell Gage has the potential to like score touchdown. I mean, obviously there's a lot of variance in that, but no, Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts are going to score their receiving touchdowns. Ru- Russell Gage has never shown an ability to score even so. You're not going to get the yardage. You're not going to get the touchdowns. Those are the things that we need for fantasy football. Those are the relevant stats. You might get a lot of catches because he's, you know, and not even a lot, like a, a decent amount because there's targets there. But good Lord, I I could, could not be me. So looking
2: at our current board, I'll make my quick permanent case for KJ Handler where I note that he had two double digit target games last year and a separate game where he scored two 35 plus yard touchdowns one of the fastest players in the nfl had a good prospect profile coming into the nfl and was a top 50 draft pick last year now granted you know he realistically and very justifiably goes in this range because he's playing on a denver broncos team that has a ton of other options and doesn't have a quarterback but teddy bridgewater did have three one thousand yard seasons last year anthony mcfarland If something, again, we're not rooting for any of these things. We don't want them to happen. We want everybody to stay healthy and play out the entire season. Our drafts will work for that. We don't need anybody to get hurt. If Najee Harris has happened to him, what just happened to Cam Akers, does Anthony McFarland move within, say, 10 picks of Daryl Henderson?
3: No, because – I don't think so, yeah. More uncertainty. Because Benny Benny Snell has played. People are at least familiar with him, and then – uh, Kalen Balazs is also on the roster. They yeah. signed him in free agency and then they haven't cut Jalen Samuels yet. They will cut Jalen Samuels if no one gets banged up in training camp, but they haven't cut him yet. And they won't cut him if Najee Harris gets banged up.
1: Uh, d- didn't you get the memo that Kalen Balage is good now?
3: <laughs> I, I was actually, uh, our, our buddy, Justin Freeman from run the Sims. I was actually arguing with him today. Because I, I happen to just be looking at um, football guys projections and he has this insane projection on Austin Eckler. And I'm like, dude, this projection is bad. It's so bad. I, I felt the need to come out of my way and, and DM you and tell you that it's bad. And I was like, the fact that they were giving goal line touches to Balage should show you that this projection is bad. And he was like, yeah, you're probably right.
1: But Balage might be their backup. Honestly, I, I don't have a problem with the Anthony McFarland pick. I love the KJ Hamler pick. He's probably better uh, as a football player than our sixth round pick that you guys love. That's on his own, on the same team, but we won't get into that. Well, I like putting these two guys together because
2: I think if Cortland Sutton has a problem, I mean, ACL recoveries have gone very well, but we're looking at Saquon Barkley being available to us where he is because of a similar kind of issue. We haven't heard anything like that. With Cortland sutton but if there's an issue there if there's a re-injury if judy busts i mean kj Hamler is going to come through and have a deshaun jackson type season and he's free davis we made the the case for justice hill on a recent show but i want to hear you make the case as well to where if Something happens to J.K. Dobbins, the Justice. Oh, Hill- with, with
3: pleasure, with pleasure. <laughs> I would, I would. This is, this is. I, I, i this is making my day. I mean, the thing about Justice Hill is that he never really has played for the Ravens, but every time they've given him a chance, every time he's gotten on the field, every time he's been a part of their offense, he's actually done pretty well. Um, and and he actually was playing in their playoff game, which is really weird when you think about it. But he was, he played uh 10 snaps in their playoff loss to buffalo in over gus edwards you're the only because person who
1: knows that by the way <laughs> You're
3: justice only person hill that knows it. but if jk dobbins gets hurt gus edwards role ain't changing gus edwards is not becoming jk dobbins justice hill is becoming uh jk dobbins and who's who's better jk dobbins or justice hill it's hard to say scientists have been trying to figure out the answer for that for a long time but i don't have the i don't have the answer
2: well, but we do know that Justice Hill is better than Gus Edwards, and if Dobbins goes down, tell me Justice Hill is going to score more points and lead the Ravens in fantasy.
3: Yeah, I mean he will be—he will be really good. He'll be like fourteen and a half PPR points per game, which is very good for the cost you were. will be be—we'll be more than Gus Edwards, is what you're saying. We'll be more than Gus Edwards, yes, for
1: sure.
2: Let me see if I can figure out how many times Justice Hill
1: has been drafted in the last week.
3: It's just Leone. Whenever Leone and Sam Hoppin do a team, So they take him? They took him. They took him the other night in one. I think they did a. They did a, a one of these. They did a, an FBG. I mean, a couple of smart guys there. They know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, man. I
3: I just love Hill. I think he's uh. He's going to do, like, uh, like the Samaj P. Ryan thing where he, like, completely disappears after the first year of his career and then shows up in year three and is like, oh, I'm starting this guy in uh, the, the fantasy playoffs.
1: So they're both on the board. We're on the clock. We can go Hamler Hill to close this out. Um, I think we're going to do that, right, Sean? I That's love mean. Are there any, any quarterbacks that we would want or any different uh, – No, don't, don't see any quarterbacks unless you want Fitzpatrick or yeah. I mean, I I don't, I don't see the need for it. Um, I I would have maybe thought about Nico Collins, but he just went off the board in this round. Uh, I don't don't see a lot else personally. So I did look it up. We're looking at 62 drafts
2: in the football guys contest in the last week. Justice Hill has been taken once.
3: We can add a second time to the list. Amazing. The people don't even know that Justice Hill is coming for them. That is awesome. Wouldn't it be amazing for round 20 Justice Hill to be the year it pays out for us? Like Gus Edwards is going in like the ninth round of managed leagues, but like Justice Hill scores more fantasy points. Yeah, the problem
1: is we're not going to have a cut because we're not cutting Justice Hill because he's going to be starting
3: week one. So, Well, we can maybe cut our 11th wide receiver if it really gets (laughs) down to it. That will do it for today's special FFPC draft
2: episode of Stealing Bananas, where we're going after the $500,000 with special guest Davis Matic. I'm Sean Siegel, and with me is Ben Gretsch, whom you can follow at Yards Per Gretsch, to keep up with our draft exploits and find out how we finish out the draft. These crucial running backs at the end. If we do take another wide receiver, who's going to be our QB2? What do we do with defensive tight end? Please subscribe to Stealing Bananas. You'll get the next episode when it releases that way. We have reached the end of our rate and review contest where you can win a six month subscription to RotoViz by reviewing the show and promoting it in some manner on social media. But you're in, in luck if you haven't reviewed the show so far, if you haven't sent out that social media shout out to Ben, to Colin Kelly at RotoViz Radio, because we're going to keep it open for one more week since we're doing the draft special this week. As always, make sure you subscribe to Ceiling Signals, Ben's fantastic newsletter, which will catch you up with everything you need to know about fantasy football. And if you want my newest article on how to dominate out of the 12 slot, you can get a 10% discount to Roto-Biz with the code RBRADIO2021 at checkout. We'll see you soon.